This is the Wealth Guardian Show with Doug and Sean, where it is all about your health, wealth, and freedom. You need to live life your way. I've got Sean out on assignment today, so uh, it's just me and uh, my friend Van Miller. Uh, But first, before we get to Van, let me just say that uh, I want to uh, thank sincerely from the bottom of my heart all of the uh, men and women who serve us in the armed forces uh, and go in harm's way every single day of the week. Thank you, men and women, so much. A little bit about Van. I've known Van now probably five or six years. He's been on the radio program with me. I guess it was now about four years ago. Van is a uh, a financial advisor like myself. He's a registered rep with the Wisconsin Agency of the New England Financial Services. He's an active member of the MDRT, the Million Dollar Roundtable, and Top of the Table Qualifier now for more than 20 years. He was named Senior Market Advisor 2010 Advisor of the Year. Van's also a professional writer and speaker. He's been in this business over 40 years. I count Van as a colleague, a friend, and a mentor. And Van has a message for everyone right now, so stay tuned. This information may actually save your financial future. Van, welcome to the show, sir. Thank you, and thank you for all your kind words. And I second your statement about our armed servicemen and women. Uh, they had a great uh, um reward for them. They had Garth Brooks singing to all of them yesterday at the American Country Music Awards. It was pretty fabulous. Yeah, it really was. Well, they're near and dear to my heart, so I always try to salute them. Yeah, well, we get to do all the stupid things we do here at home because they're taking care of us and making sure we're free, so that's what matters. Amen to that. Well, Van, as I opened the show with... um, I've known you now five-plus years. I've subscribed to your newsletter for most of that time. Uh, You, like I, have been sounding alarm bells. Um, There's some things, some important things going on in the world right now that we should talk about, Uh, and I know you've got uh, a a laundry list of them you brought with you. I did, and I'll I'll try to be very concise because I hate it when people waste my time so I won't waste yours. There's an organization called the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. And this organization is the one that oversees all the payouts and so forth for Medicare, Medicaid, and so forth. And listen to the important information that they just released. This will astonish you. It says right now the average American spends $9,600 a year on health care. $9,600, and that is up significantly since 2007 when the amount was $7,700. So stop and think. That means a husband and wife can expect to pay about $19,000 a year for health care. Now, that's everything. That's the premiums. That's the deductibles. That's the co-pays. That's out-of-pocket. It's everything. And listen to what they're saying. This is the most important information in this. Healthcare spending per person is expected to surpass 10,000 in 2016 and march steadily higher to 14,944 in the year 2023. That means for a couple, that's $30,000 a year. Now, what's very important is it's only eight years from now. All your listeners who are over 50 years old, eight years from now is like snap your finger and it's going to be eight years from now. So it's not 80 million years away. It's close. And second, this is very important, 50% of America doesn't even make 30000 a year. 
and 75% of America doesn't make 50000 a year, and 86% of America doesn't make 75000 a year. So what this is really telling you, coming from the people that provide the services, that in eight years, 2023, probably 85% of America won't be able to afford health care. What does everybody think is going to happen? But, but Van, didn't we just go through several years of politicians arguing and then hammering this legislation called the Affordable Care Act? I mean, come on. We did. But again, that wasn't really a fix. If you truly understand about health care, it was cost shifting. What we did is we shifted the costs from one group of people to another group of people. We didn't really repair the way that we deliver health care in America. We have to find a way to deliver quality health care at an affordable price that's available for everyone, that keeps our professionals interested in wanting to provide the care that we as a country receive. And in order to do that, we're going to have to change the way we deliver health care in this country. And it's not going to work by just shifting the cost from one group of people to another. It's just going to get worse and worse until we have a crisis. Wait, wait, let me add one more thing to it, and then we can really have a great discussion about it. According to HealthView Services, which is a provider of Medicare, Social Security, and long-term care tools, listen to this. For a couple retiring now, according to their brand-new 2015 Retirement Health Care Cost Data Report, at 65, this couple will pay somewhere between 266000 and 395000 just for health care in their retirement. And listen, here's the punchline. For a 55-year-old couple retiring 10 years from now, they will require somewhere between 321000 and $463,800. And what they then said is a 55-year-old couple should start stashing away $1,200 a month every month from 55 to 65 just to have any chance at all to pay their health care costs in retirement. So we haven't fixed health care. We're not treating and helping people to be well. We're, we continue to find ways to expand the medical system, and lots of people are making money off of it. You know, um, we always joke about uh, organizations that are crime organizations, and we say they always want to go where the money is. Well, most of the crime in our country now is foisted upon Medicare and Medicaid because that's where the money is. In fact, uh, the number is a ridiculous number, something like five or $600 billion a year of waste and fraud. In fact, it might even be more than that, may even be closer to $750 billion of waste and fraud just in Medicare and Medicaid. So the answer is, why, if we could just get rid of the waste and fraud, if we could efficiently use our money, we could keep health care affordable, but we're not going to do that. And the reason we'll never do that is why would the people getting the $750 billion ever want to fix anything? <laughs> so they're going to do everything they can, even pay people off to not fix anything. And so the key that I'm trying to say here is do not take what I'm saying as doom and gloom. There is no such thing as bad news or good news. There is only news. It is how your listeners respond to this information that will turn it into either bad news or good news. If they don't do anything, of course it'll be bad news because they won't have the money to deal with it. If they 
do take advantage of all the opportunities that are available to them that are provided by people like you and your partner that can show people the miracles of leverage, the miracle of tax deferral and tax-free and things like that, they can turn all of what I just said into an opportunity where families can stay in control of their money instead of giving it to governments and nursing homes and hospitals and Wall Street in the form of volatility. They can keep that money in the family and they can pay for things like that. It's a it's a, a wonderful opportunity for families to get on top of this if they know about it ahead of time. And so that's all we're doing is we're saying, look at healthcare costs are going to be way higher, higher than what anybody has said, and it's going to be difficult for people under 65 and over 65. And one final punchline. In the new legislation just issued where even conservative politicians are agreeing to it and starting to recommend it as one of the interim solutions, is they're talking about raising the Medicare age from 65 to 67. And there won't be any phase in. It'll be automatic. So can you imagine being a couple Get to age 64, and you think, oh, boy, one more year, and then we're going to have this really great Medicare program. And, Van, I need to stop you right there. We've got to go to a hard break here. You're listening to The Wealth Guardians with Doug and Sean. More with Van Miller in a moment. And this is The Wealth Guardians with Doug Ray and Sean Lee, where it's all about the health, wealth, and freedom. You need to live life your way. Today's guest is Van Miller. He does what I do. He helps people out. He's been in the financial services industry now over 40 years, and Van is a good friend, colleague, and a mentor of mine. Uh, in the first segment, we were talking with Van about staggering health care costs that are coming our way and unfortunately, I had to interrupt Van at the end of the segment to go to the break, and he was talking about there is a, um, I don't know if it's legislation that's already been approved or certainly talked about, but they're going to increase the uh, the age on Medicare from 65 upwards to 67 or so. Van, let me get you back in here. Is that is that right? Yeah, that was actually in this legislation for this uh, current Congress, and they've temporarily excluded it in the negotiations, but please, that's the way they get this legislation issued. They start throwing it out there. They say, listen, if we don't do this, we're not going to be able to maintain the financial integrity of Medicare, and to be honest, they won't. You know, um, the reason that I'm making a big deal of that they went from 65 to 67, if you use that first piece of information that I left you, that means that a couple have to come up with an extra forty to sixty thousand over a two year span of time just to get to Medicare. Medicare is I'm sorry, is fabulous coverage. And the people that are on Medicare usually are very appreciative of the quality and accessibility to coverage. Uh so uh it's even though that's the case, it's still going to get more and more expensive. And and here's why you know this is one quick thing, as long as we're talking about this, please tell your listeners, don't ever believe anybody that tells your listeners that they're not going to get their Social Security or their Medicare. 
There's just two numbers you need to know, and as soon as you know those numbers, then you know that you're going to get your benefits, and the answer is easy. Right now in America, there are 100 million people over the age of 50, and I still to this day have not met one that is willing to vote not to get their Social Security or Medicare, so it's going to happen. And by 2030, listen to this number, 130 million people will be over the age of 50 in the United States of America. It's the biggest voting block. They're going to wield lots of power. And they're going to take away from young and the children, and they're going to make sure that the benefits stay with those people. And that's going to cause all kinds of difficulty for our children and our grandchildren to build wealth going forward. And so it's really important, again, Doug, for people to come and see you. There's no cost or obligation. And they could find out ways that they can leverage their money. Instead of leaving it languish in a place where it's only earning a tenth of a percent, people don't even realize that that means. If you have a couple hundred thousand dollars in the savings account and it's earning a tenth of a percent, you make 200 bucks. Well, what if you could make 200 bucks the same return, but when you passed away, your heirs could get 300, 400, 500,000, or that same money could just by repositioning it, it could pay for long-term care expenses, or it could provide an income that you couldn't outlive. What if it could do all of those things rather than just earn a couple of per, uh, a tenth of a percent, a couple of hundred dollars a year? Wouldn't you want to find out about it, especially if you had people available to you like the, you and your partner? It's just so vital that the American people take advantage of leverage and take advantage of, of tax free and take advantage of tax deferral while they're still available because the government is going deeper and deeper in debt. Predicted, they're $18 trillion in debt right now, so I'm going to talk really quick. $18 trillion in debt right now, the Congressional Budget Office predicts in 20 years, in 2034, that we will be $57 trillion in debt. The whole world just went over $200 trillion in debt. That means we're $18 trillion in debt. With an $18 trillion GDP, China is $18 trillion in debt. With a $9 trillion GDP, who do you think is in better shape? Why don't people understand these numbers? The more debt the more interest to service the debt. We're borrowing, borrowing, borrowing. We're going to print, print, print. We're going to keep doing this. And unless your customers, unless your listeners understand that they can't trust that government is going to take care of them, that they can't trust that corporations are going to take care of them, unions are going to take care of them. The 21st century is really about Americans taking responsibility for their own lives. And if they do that, they will be successful. They will have successful retirements with incomes that they cannot outlive with a certainty that will provide them not just financial dignity, but emotional dignity and intellectual dignity. You need to understand money is not just about money. Money is about how do you feel, how's your health, how's all of those things that make you have a quality of your life. And that's what's so vital about sitting down with the Doug Rays of this planet. Everybody who's listening should call you, get an appointment, and say, man, if this is really happening, how can I not only be safe from it, but better? 
And this is what we request from you, Mr. Ray. We want you to show us how we can take advantage of this stuff rather than being hurt by it. Wouldn't that be amazing to know? And if you just joined us, this is the Wealth Guardians with Doug Ray and Sean Lee. Today's guest is Van Miller. And we're talking about uh, debt. We're talking about health care costs. And we've got a long way to go in, uh, in, the, in this story. You know, Van, I'll tell you, I guess my eyes were opened up uh, several years ago when I realized there were no shovel-ready projects for all this debt they were piling up. <laughs> no, in fact, it was really just the methodology to bail out the banks and to bail out Wall Street. If you really stop and think about it, quantitative easing is really a methodology for the Federal Reserve to buy back all the U.S. Treasuries that the banks bought. They did what was called arbitrage. They didn't loan money to the American people and make our economy expand. They went and bought U.S. Treasuries because it's way safer to do that than it is to loan money to you or I. And so then what happened is all of a sudden they had all of this U.S. Treasuries that couldn't make loans to anybody. So they developed quantitative easing. The Federal Reserve would come in, buy all those U.S. Treasuries, reliquify, recapitalize the banks, and then they would make loans to all of us. But guess what they did? They went and bought more U.S. Treasuries. So the Federal Reserve's balance sheet went from $600 billion, no kidding, to almost $4.6 trillion. Now, I have a question for you. Where did the Federal Reserve get $4 trillion to buy all those U.S. Treasuries? And the answer is easy. They printed it. <laughs> and every time they print it, when this money finally gets circulating into the economy, it's called the velocity of money. It gets out there, and it, that's when we're going to really start to see inflation take hold. The purchasing power of our money is being depleted. It's being decreased. It's being reduced. And so when I tell you you're going to get your benefit, you are. You'll get your Social Security. Won't be able to buy much with it, but you're going to get it. And so you have two problems. You have to, first of all, make sure that you're going to get your benefit so you can't have all this volatility. You have to have guarantees. And then the second thing that you need is you need the ability to keep up with inflation. And if you can do those two things, boy, you have a real shot at having a quality, amazing financial life and an amazing retirement. And if you want to have a conversation about that, what you can do to guard against future inflation or deflation or whatever this brings us, just pop me an email. It's Doug at TheWealthGuardians.com. It is staggering, Van. It's it's unbelievable. You know, I've taught years ago. Uh, I had folks go on the uh, usdebtclock.org uh, website and take a look at that because it's uh, – it's unbelievable. And the unfunded liabilities, that, that's even, uh, it's just mind-boggling. Oh, it's staggering. Uh, as you said, we're going to have a little conversation in the later segments of this conversation about a gentleman that I admire very much uh, who talks about these unfunded liabilities. If you go to just www.usdebtclock.org, on the very lower part of it, and you can follow it very easily, it shows that the unfunded liability just for Social Security and Medicare, nothing else, is $126 trillion. Now, I'm just asking your listeners, if the annual budget of the U.S. government is $4 trillion, and we just sent a record that we took in $3 trillion of 
taxes, first time we've ever gone over $3 trillion of taxes at the federal level, and those include the income taxes. Um, they include And, Van, taxes. with that happy note, we have to go to a break. We'll be back with more Wealth Guardians. And this is the Wealth Guardian Show with Doug Ray and Sean Lee. We are talking today with Van Miller. Uh, he has a, a lot of information he is uh, uh, giving out today. And, uh, again, Van, I'm, I'm sorry I had to cut you short there at the uh, end of the segment. Uh, we were talking about the unfunded liabilities. We were talking about uh, Professor uh, Lawrence Kotlikoff, who's also talked about these unfunded li- liabilities. Uh, by the way, he's going to be uh, our guest next week on, on the show, so I'm looking forward to that. Van, pick back right up where you left off. Well, essentially, if the government takes in $3 trillion at the federal level. So what that they get that from Social Security taxes, Medicare taxes, income taxes, estate taxes, and corporate income taxes. And they take in, if you look at that debt clock, $3 trillion of approximate taxes at the state, local, county, municipal, and those are sales taxes, income taxes, and property taxes, and then assorted other kinds of fees. So the government already takes in $6 trillion out of $17 trillion of GDP. That's 35% of the economy is already going to taxes. So you're not going to see a big increase in taxes. That's why what you're seeing more is a discussion about wealth or income inequality in America. And you're hearing speeches from everybody who has a vested interest in this. Uh, Secretary of the Treasury Lou, Alan Greenspan, Janet Yellen, Ben Bernanke. Uh, you're hearing it from President Barack Obama, soon to be President Hillary Clinton. Um, all of these people are giving speeches about income inequality. And what they're talking about is that they're going to transfer wealth from people who have to people who don't have in order to take care of all of these people who aren't going to have enough money for health care, for food, for shelter, and it's called wealth transfer, and they're going to do it. And all I'm asking is all the people who have spent their whole lives being great savers, you should talk with people like us who can show you ways that you can keep this money available for your family first. Isn't that who you're supposed to be looking out for and taking care of? We still have the tools to do it. And I'm not going to lie to you. The government is not stupid, whether you believe it or not. And they're going to come and they're going to change those tools. And so only the people that have used those tools will get to continue to use them. The ones that don't, once they shut that door, you will never have access to those tools again. We can still help people stay in control of their financial futures. I'll tell you a fun way to think about it. Every time in the future, if you do what we can show you how to do, when the government or Wall Street or uh, uh, a bank has their hand in your pocket, it'll be to put something there rather than take something out. Wouldn't you like that for a change? Wouldn't you like to be in control rather than being controlled? That's how we can help you. There's going to be a lot of uh, very important issues. We'll talk about Mr. Kotlikoff in the last segment, but I want to quick read one thing that Doug asked me to make sure that I talk to you all about. The Financial Stability Board created a new regulation called the Adequacy of Loss-Absorbing Capacity of Global Systematically Important Banks in Resolution, and they did this in November 2014. Want to know what it means in English? (laughs) 
According to everyone, the bank deposits, the largest class of unsecured debt of any bank, are now at an insolvent bank's disposal. The insolvent bank is to be made solvent by turning our money into their equity. Bank stock that could become worthless on this market or to be tied up for years in resolution proceedings. And the power is statutory. Cypress-style confiscations are to become the law rather than having their assets sold off and closing their doors, as happens to lesser bankrupt businesses in a capitalist economy. Zombie banks are to be kept alive and open for business at all costs, and those costs will be borne by us. Again, if you believe that you should not take responsibility for your own life, financially, emotionally, intellectually, and economically, then what's going to happen is that these people are going to take control for you, and it will not be with your vested interest at heart. It will be with their vested interest at heart. And if you just joined us, you're listening to The Wealth Guardian Show with Doug Ray and Sean Lee. Our guest today is Van Miller. Van, that is, um, man, that's just mouth-dropping information right there. And and I'll tell the listeners this, if you don't think that uh, we can't see that happening, where your deposits in the banks are confiscated by the government for that bank, all I have to do is say, look at Cyprus. They did the same thing last year in Cyprus. It could happen here. And they've actually done it in other countries in Europe as well. And it was part of the new G20 proceedings of which the United States is part that this was allowed to become statutory. And what, what, is, what is the depositor to do, Van? Well, again, uh, in this marketplace, is it wise to leave your money in an account that will only pay you on, let's say, $100,000 a year, $100 a year, 8 bucks a month of interest? Or, or should you find a way to leverage that money Maybe you're in the same, possibly even more returns. It's guaranteed safe. It's subject to what are called Federal Reserve laws, which are much stricter accounting laws, uh, where this money is available to your family income tax-free when you're done using it. And by the way, you don't have to give up much of the access to the money. You'd still have almost as much liquidity as you do with the money in a money market, and you'd be earning quality interest that would accumulate without current taxation, and the benefits are paid to heirs if this is set up correctly income tax-free. You know, it's, uh, again, it's, it's just like taking money out of one pocket, putting it into the other pocket, except this pocket is just as safe pays a better rate of return, maybe has some other benefits like uh, tax-free uh, death benefits or long-term care benefits, I think it's a no-brainer. Absolutely. Well, and especially with what I just read to you, uh, do you think it's wise to keep a ton of money in a place where if all of a sudden we had another one of these downturns and the uh, many people, even mainstream people, are now predicting that we're at the end of this run, And nobody knows this is a grand experiment. Even the people that have instituted these proceedings of all this quantitative easing, all this money printing, all of this relaxing of interest rates, now relaxing the standards for home mortgages, all kinds of things, Uh, the subprime auto loans, 
I could talk about this for hours and hours, agree that we are going to have to pay a price for this. What nobody agrees on is what that price will be. There are many that are predicting five and 6000 down. I'm not kidding. Hey, Van. And there are many... I'm sorry. I know you have to go to the no, no, no. I, I just wanted to interject here. I mean, you, you said five and six thousand Dow. You know, I, I believe that absolutely. In fact, uh, David Costin, who is the Goldman Sachs chief U.S. equity strategist, said this on April thirteenth. He said, "This U.S. stock market is the most overvalued stock market in forty years." Absolutely, I agree with that. But again, how long can they delay? They've been able to delay. If I'd have been on your show a year ago, I'd have said a crash was imminent, and I'd have been wrong. And the reason is is because we don't know what the government is willing to do to prevent what ultimately will happen. It's probably going to be caused by something that we're all not paying attention to, and that's what makes it even more frightening. Well, I agree with you. I mean, I've been saying this for years now, that, that what's been going on is uh... – you know, it's not normal. It's not natural. Like you said, it's a grand experiment. And I have I would have bet that this market would have folded uh, two or three years ago. But no, it still chugs along. And people don't understand how dangerous this market is right now. And they've got all their monies, their 401k monies invested in this market. And, you know, they're going to wake up one day and they're going to be saying the same things they said back in 2008 and nine. They've got a 201K and not a 401K. Yeah, it's too bad because it doesn't, you know, fool me once, shame on you, but fool me twice. This time it's my fault. No doubt about it. You know, we've seen that. All they have to, I don't mean that, but Doug, they got to call you. This is one of those times where even if you hate, hate talking to financial advisors and insurance people, an organization like yours where you promise, give us an hour and we will answer your specific questions for your situation so that you know, first of all, how you can be safe, and second of all, how you can put yourself and your family and your business in a position to take advantage of what's going to happen. Why would you not want to know that if there was no cost or obligation to find out the answers to that? And if you want to have that conversation, all you have to do is go on our website at thewealthguardians.com or give me an email, Doug, at thewealthguardians.com. This is The Wealth Guardians with Doug Ray and Sean Lee. This is the Wealth Guardians with Doug Ray and Sean Lee, where it's all about the health, wealth, and freedom you need to live life your way. Our guest today is Van Miller, a financial advisor, a friend, a colleague, and a mentor of mine. Uh, Van's had some incredible information that he is uh, talking about today. And uh, Van, uh, I'm going to get you right back in here. I want to talk about in our last segment, uh, Professor Kotlikov a little bit, but also leading into that, uh, I want to talk about the derivatives, and uh, 
for the mm-hmm. folks who have just uh, tuned in, derivatives basically is kind of a strange word, but it basically a derivative means it's something other than the original. For example, if you own GE stock, that's the original. That's the ownership and equity of a company. But if you own a call option on GE stock, that's a derivative. The reason I want to bring this up, Van, is because one thing we know is one of the things that caused the last financial crisis were some of these things called derivatives. They were uh, mortgage-backed securities that had some bad mortgages in them. But today, you think we would have learned our lesson. Today, we have more derivatives floating worldwide than ever before. uh, Even after passing Dodd-Frank to control derivatives, at the time of the last uh, economic crisis, 2007 and eight. Here's what happened. We had about uh, $600 trillion of derivatives. And we you're not going to believe this, but we only had about $180 billion of them that had some serious issues. They were credit default swaps. And those credit default swaps were called, and there was not the money to make good on those. And it, it really threatened to bring down the entire world's economy. So we passed all these laws to so-called effectively uh, control derivatives to a better extent. Well, there are many that argue that now derivatives have, for you're not going to believe the number I'm going to read to you, but uh, have now passed over a quadrillion. was guesstimated somewhere between one to one and a half quadrillion of derivatives. And let me explain in an easier way. A derivative is nothing more than a bet. It's a... These companies, Wall Street companies, banks, everybody are making bets that interest rates are going to go up or down, that uh, stocks are going to go up or down, that mortgages are going to continue or they're going to be defaulted on. Uh, Every financial conception that you can think of, there's a bet on it. And that's how everybody's making money in a 0% world. They're making money on bets. Now, I ask my audiences when I talk about it, I say, what city does that sound like? And the answer is Las Vegas. And who's the only money that makes, who's the only people that make money in Las Vegas? The answer is the house. So this is very, very dangerous. All you need is somebody to guess wrong, go in a different direction, get greedy, any number of things that could happen that we can't pay attention to, and we're off to the races. Uh, this is... By the way, when I talk about $700 trillion, the low number of derivatives, that's 10 times the economy of the world, the GDP of the world. It's about $70 trillion. So, And then if you think about the United States being $18 trillion of that $70 trillion, then you start to see what a big player we are. We, If we catch cold, the rest of the world is going to catch the flu. And we're about to catch cold. We've actually been in cold. We haven't fixed anything. It's easy to quantify, but people just don't want to hear it. They 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 think it's bad news. It's not bad news. It's things that you have to prepare for. We've gone through these things in different varying circumstances through all of history. Let's find a way for our listeners to take advantage of rather than being hurt by this stuff. And if you're just tuned in, this is the Wealth Guardian Show with Doug Ray and Sean Lee. Our guest today is Van Miller. If you want to know more about this information, all you have to do is go to uh, the wealthguardians.com uh, or our Facebook page, Wealth Guardians Radio, on Facebook and like us there. Send me an email, Doug at thewealthguardians.com, and uh, let's have a conversation about what's going on in the world around you, how you can prevent 
the next financial crisis from hurting you like it did in 2008? Please uh, tune in to Doug's next show when he has Professor Kotlikoff on. He's been my hero for years and years. I've been reading him for over a decade. He and I appeared on several panels together. We're on a video together. I, I just love the guy. He's an expert on how much debt we really are in. He calls it, and he'll talk about it when he's here on the next show, the fiscal gap. It's very interesting. He, he estimates it's over $220 trillion. And what he's a real expert at, he's an expert in Social Security. And with people living longer and people depending on their Social Security benefits, wouldn't it be important to maximize those benefits? That's one of Doug's specialties. Doug Ray will be able to help you maximize rather than minimize those benefits. And here's why you need to do that. Do you know 80% of the people in this country take Social Security to their detriment rather than to their benefit? 80%. There are 560-some different ways to take Social Security, and the people in the Social Security can't help you to determine that correct way for liability reasons. Believe it or not, a big program like that, and you can't depend on the government to help you source it the best way possible. And that's why you need to go to somebody like Doug and his partner and make sure that you have exercised and taken a look at all of the quality opportunities that are available to you with Social Security. And you're going to have one of the great experts I mean, he's taught a lot of people about how to maximize Social Security, and that's Professor Kotlikoff from Boston University. He's amazing, and uh, I love listening to him, and he's and he'll, he'll actually make a bet with you about anybody who wants to about what's the best way to take your Social Security, and I, I don't think he ever loses. <laughs> you know, Van, I know you've been optimizing uh, Social Security for your clients for some time now, and, and so if Sean and I, uh, and it seems like it's a really a hot-button topic here in the last uh, just a couple years, but uh, since I've been doing it, I've, I've been amazed at how much extra dollars we can help a couple find for themselves. And, and I've said many, many, many times, and I'll say it you know, probably till the cows come home, I have yet <laughs> to find less than $50,000 more in Social Security benefits for a couple if they'll sit down with me and let's go through the optimization process. Absolutely. In fact, we estimate that, uh, in fact, Professor Kotlikoff, get him to talk about it, because he'll say he can find you 100, 150, 200,000 of additional benefits compared to some of the ways that people are taking money. And this is very important because the number one challenge for people over the age of 65 is rapidly becoming longevity. Longevity enhances all the other risks that we have to face in retirement because if you live too long, you could run out of money, your health could change, there's a million things that can happen. If you die quick in retirement, we can take care of you easy and so can the government. It's when you live too long. 
It's that longevity that is really creating problems. I jokingly tell everybody I'm going to be killed by a jealous husband when I'm 125 years old. I want to stay alive. I want to live. Uh, 65 is the new 45. 85 is the new 65. People are living quality lives, and they want to do it with the dignity of having the income they need to live quality lives every month. And, Van, with that optimistic note, we have got to say goodbye. Thank you so much for being on the show with us today. I really appreciate it. Such wonderful advice. You've been listening to The Wealth Guardians with Doug Ray and Sean Lee. The opinions expressed by Beacon Wealth Advisors and guests on this radio show are their own and do not reflect the opinions of this radio station. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Before acting on any information mentioned, please consult with a qualified tax or investment advisor to determine if it's suitable for your specific situation. Information provided is not intended as tax or legal advice and should not be relied on as such. You're encouraged to seek tax or legal advice from an independent professional advisor. This program is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to subject covered. Investment advisory services are offered through Brookstone Capital Management, a registered investment advisor. Brookstone and Beacon Wealth Advisors are independent of each other.